This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm Chris Hambling and today I'm joined by Mike Scott and Nicholas Gillard. As we look back at a narrow defeat at Selhurst to the team that gave us an absolute spanking on the opening day of the season, Chelsea. We'll cover the game, reaction to it online from fans, some bold changes by Patrick Vieira, new chance in the stands and first, the Palace news this week. First up, we'll talk about the fact there was an incredible performance from the under-18s. It was a 5-0 victory over Arsenal. All the goals in the second half Obviously, having to follow it on Twitter, gents, but um, I think Akinwale with the first a uh, couple from uh, Finn Mooney and a couple from uh, Adamola Ola Adabomi. Ooh, there you go. That's a, that's a hell of a lot to say, but he's impressing me so much. Every time I, I've seen him play, you know, the way he takes his chances, the sort of directness, the power, the, you know, the pace, the, the ability. You now, as a forward, he seems to have it all, but it's that transition I was talking to, to of, from this parish, Patrick O'Connor about it on our on our chat in the week, and uh, just saying, you know, it's one of those players where you do think, will he translate from from playing in the 18s against essentially, you know, you know, physically these are kids, um, and, and he stands out there. And when you stick him up against men in the 23s and in, at first team level, is he still going to stand out that way? But he's he's regularly scoring goals. Looks a real handful, and uh, it was great to see Mooney back on the score score sheet as well. Signing that pro deal, he'd kind of had a couple of little niggling injuries and a bit of a drop in form, but you know, really back to form uh, in this one. And um, Mike, we've we've been smashing the North London teams, haven't we? In the in the the academy in the 18s uh, and the 23s. Sorry, um, it's been a really good performance. I think we've beaten them all four games. It's it's amazing stuff, and you know Arsenal were decades ahead of us in terms of the academy, so that's that's quite the result. Um, actually, scored more goals than Arsenal had shots as well, so I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> yeah, uh, almost unthinkable a few years ago, Nick. That um, that you know the famed conveyor belt of talent that Arsenal were producing through their through their academy with you know Arsene Wenger priding his, uh, himself on producing youth and still a huge reputation. Um, but Palace 
you know, early on the journey in terms of, of high-level academy, but we've been churning out great players for years, and, um, you know, that result speaks volumes, doesn't it? It does, indeed. And we've, we've kind of been a bit of a dearth. There's been the odd one or two coming through, but I've got a feeling we're going to get a lot more. And uh, one does wonder how much the academy impressed Patrick Vieira into actually coming to us, having seen the uh, Wenger project and our very own Clinton Morrison was eulogising about the Academy as well when we were on BBC London earlier on this week, wasn't he? He, he said it was fantastic yeah. and matched many other Premier League grounds and uh, academies, so that's good. I've got to applaud you, Nick. You can barely speak because you're, you're so bunged up, but you still went with the word eulogising, didn't you? And that that <laughs> yes, shows but... the bravery of, of the man. I want to know why you call me Nicholas in the introduction, because I've only ever called that when I'm naughty. <laughs> I really want to know what I've done. I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie, Mike wrote that. Mike, reasons? <laughs> um, I, I was I was going to guess a, a middle name as well. Um, I was thinking like Tarquinius or something. No, it's, it's Nicholas John, because my dad oh, used to say, Nicholas okay. John, Nicholas John, Nicholas John, keep your trousers on. Really? Oh, classic. Oh, there you go. N- NJ. Right, NJ is then, kids. Um, I mean... Let's also uh, give a, a quick shout out to the Queen at 95 with COVID probably sounding quite similar to you at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, um, one, one does feel rough. Mm. Yeah, I mean, fingers <laughs> crossed she's all right, you know. You have to say she's, uh, yeah, she's one of the good ones, right? Oh, Nicholas is all right, but no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I care more about Nicholas than the Queen, to be to be honest oh, with you. Thank you, Michael. Um, well, there you go. Fair enough. Uh, I'm, I'm not a royalist, but uh, but I, I think she's all right. Um, I was about to get to say something very political there, but I don't want to start Nick off. So let's move on. Uh, 23s, 2-2 um, draw against Man United. Again, their their performances this season have been absolutely superb. Uh, Scott Banks, uh, back from injury um, over the last few weeks, getting back to form, uh, scored. And the second one was... Mm, test. Uh, it, it was it was golden on half hour, That's and right. then annoyingly, um, someone called Mister Fish uh, um, managed to equalise. Yeah, so they they, had, they scored. They made it two one just for half time, and then right before the end of the game, this guy Fish scored um, to make it two all, which is frustrating. Yeah. There's nothing to divide the two teams in the league. Both got twenty nine points after nineteen games, so. Yes, uh, frustrating. Did uh, Fish score from a tight angle? Right, enough of that. Yeah, yeah, enough yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that... <laughs> <laughs> he, he, even with a cold, he's still as sharp as that. I don't, I don't know if that's allowed. That is, that is just, poor. Um, I've, just got to, I've just got to say something that's got nothing to do with Palace right here. Mm. Um, I, follow, uh, I follow dad jokes on Instagram, and they actually they said one today that I didn't get for about 10 minutes. I wanted to see if you two would just get it off off the bat straight okay. away. So I asked the German what the square root of 81 is. He said, no. Oh, sorry, I asked him if he knew what the square root of 81 is. He said, no. I mean, you have just given it away because... Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes, I mean, I would have, and I would have got that had you got it right anyway, yeah. But, um, yeah. but that's because okay. I, yeah, I was, did a year's German. I was like, what? 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 Oh. Yeah, yeah. Also, it's good of you to to promote Nick's Twitter account that you know, that he does on the side. Uh, clearly, clearly he is in charge of that. But yeah, it's a shame they got pegged back to the to the two two, wasn't it? But uh, or the Desmond just to do that for Nick because I'm sure he wanted to say that, but can't breathe. No. Um, ah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, no game for the uh, the Palace women. Um, they don't play until 
the 6th of March against Coventry. And uh, I think that'll do for your news this week and we can get straight into the discussion about the game. Obviously, Chelsea winning with a with a late goal, 1-0. Uh, Zayic scored it despite, you know, really being pocketed for the large proportion of the game, um, you know, up against Tyreek Mitchell. A couple, a really good battle in the first half and then Mitchell absolutely storming it in the second, you know, just, just going to level up. Um, but it's just so it was a real shame it ended up being him who got onto the and the end of a of a loose ball after the save. But you know it was um, it was a cruel blow. But there's some you know we'll start we'll talk in a little bit about the kind of the statistics about when Palace are conceding because I know Nick's got a point about that. But ultimately, when you look at it, it spoiled what was a really good performance. And there was a few changes that that happened um, that you kind of you know looking at it for before the game, you just thought. Yeah, well, I hope I hope we've got that right here, and and I think honestly, personally, I feel that we did, but you know there was a, a mixed reaction online, and we we've got a few comments in from that, and we'll start with with Ebo with Jake who says uh, I thought the formation seemed to suit us, just needed an actual striker as the spearhead. The four two three one was a good tactical plan though. The players seemed happy within it, and it gives us an opportunity to play Eze when he's back at his best. Once Patrick Vieira feels he's ready to start, um, and uh, and Tom Rado said I agree. He'd been calling for Klein, and he didn't uh, too, and he didn't disappoint. Just needed Benteke at number nine yesterday, in my opinion. From the off, drop Schlup and play IU deeper. Um, a couple more comments I think we'll probably throw in there. Actually, one more from Pethos. Uh, starting the game with three very good number nines on the bench. Thoughts is kind of connected to that as well. So I think we'll just we'll, we'll get a bit of the a view from the panel. I've got my views, but um, but Mike, I'm going to ask you yours first. You saw the lineup. You saw how we. You know, I don't know about you whether you spent the same first five minutes or so like I did trying to work out exactly what system we were playing. But it seemed a bit odd. But you know, when you when you look at how we performed, was it justified? No, I I don't know anything really before the game was particularly justified in terms of hype or, or in terms of um in terms of worry because the main thing was people had been saying Vieira hadn't really done anything particularly different in the last few games and he confounded us all by um by saying that he would do something entirely different. So um, I sort of reserved judgment for the first few minutes. Like you, I couldn't quite work out what was going on. Um, and there was a few comments in the WhatsApp chat about what was happening. Um, I think perhaps it still didn't quite go right up up top, but I was really impressed with the way that the back was set up and the midfield were shielding them. So I thought we had a really strong start. First 10 minutes, I thought we were the better side. Um, friends of the pod, Luke, who... Uh, has been on once or twice before, turned up about 10 minutes in because of his Uber being useless. And from that point on, we deteriorated fast in the first half. <laughs> uh, before before that, we were I thought we were really good, really strong start. It's always good to have somebody to blame for it, isn't it? But um, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nick, you're just about to give your thoughts there. Yes. Um, the first thought was it's the what's going to happen next season about Gallagher, Gallagher. What's that all about? The Gallagher suddenly appearing. Um, <laughs> experiment next season. Um, Elise in the middle, absolutely perfect. Uh, he was fouled three times in the first four minutes. Uh, we could talk about lack of bookings for Chelsea players and their rotational fouling. Uh, I have done. Um, and the other point was, um, although he was down the middle, why were 
Palace fans chanting he runs down the wing for you when thinking about Michael Elise. I thought they'd <laughs> kind of adapt that chant a little bit, having watched him play in the centre for all of it. But it was fluid, wasn't it? There were times mm. when Elise was out on the wing and I would drop into the middle. So uh, there was a kind of Barcelona-esque fluidity, although not quite the clinical finishing that we'd like. Yeah. There, there was a new Elise chant there, wasn't there? Did you hear it from the TV? Um, can you sing I, I it so we can mercilessly uh, play it back like we're doing? I can't remember. I can't remember the melody now. It's um, Mitchell at the back, uh, Lisa in attack, Palace on their way to Wembley. I can't remember the first two. Anyway, oh. that was sung about fourteen thousand times yesterday. Mm. Um, That's quite old. That that's been going since Norwich. Oh, there you go. And uh, on the boat trip to Brentford, oh. it was sung many, many, many times. Um, we've got super packed Vieira. And uh, on the way to Wembley, we'll soon be changed to on our way to victory. Uh, but the Chelsea fans were singing the Thomas Tuchel version as well. So um, mm. it's uh, stolen from somewhere, but isn't everything. But exactly. Yes, it's it's catchy. An, it isn't everything. Well, you know, it's always good to, to keep churning out new chants, whether or not they're... Uh inspired by other chants or not because like you say it's very difficult to be entirely original and uh we can't always hit the heights of you belong in a burger once sung to dean gherkin at colchester united <laughs> so really? um oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. can't get to that that level every time can you um look I, i've got to say the you know the the formation to me was good i i you know i can understand it and and it really did offer something that little bit different because that opening 10 minutes you referred to Mike, it was really Chelsea getting to grips with it because they hadn't anticipated uh, that, that change. They certainly uh, struggled to get their, their players on the ball in the right areas. Their, their game plan needed to be kind of changed. And once they did adapt that from the sidelines in that first 10 minutes, they did, they did come on a bit strong and, and, you know, and, and we had to to thank Vin, uh, Vicente Guaita a little bit for, for keeping us in the game. But, you know, going back to the lineup, to the tactics, you know, I go back to my, my previous problems. I think, you know, like Tom had said in the in, in the comments there that, you know, I do think it was time for Klein to come in and Wardy being out, I, I assume, I don't know if he was suspended or I don't think so. I have to assume it was an injury. Um and perhaps that's been behind, um, you know, a little drop in form of late because for me, it's always been, you know, one of our weak areas and he looked very slow uh, for parts of the the previous game and we were caught out, you know, quite quite considerably there. Um, so, so getting Klein back in there and I, I thought made us look a little bit more solid at the back, even though he's not quite the player he was. But I still, you know, maintain that even though the four-two-three-one suited Jeffrey Schlupp a little better, I still think you're doing something wrong if you're playing the guy in, in central midfield. So when we saw the lineups, I was hoping, even though we got murdered four-four-two against Chelsea, I was kind of hoping it might have been a four-four-two with him playing wide left because I've been more comfortable with that. But um, you know, I, I just don't see I don't see what we, we're gaining by doing that. But sorry, Nick, you were going to say something. You gave up because I went on. But go on. no, I was just going to go on from that and say what a difference having Maka back made mm. as well. Uh, you haven't yeah. mentioned him yet, and I, I think he was superb yesterday. Uh, in fact, yeah. the whole game I can't pick holes in any player apart from maybe Zaha's first touch a little bit, if he a couple of times. But I can't fault anybody. That's the no, thing. I... It, it wasn't that sort of performance, was it? No, exactly right. It wasn't. So, I mean, everything that you look at when you talk about the lineup, to me, everything that, that people have got in contact with and all the stuff that's been going on on social media, I think everything was justified. I think that, that was a, the type of game where if you look at it, 
in the sort of cold, hard light of day, take the emotion out of it. We've played Chelsea, who are challenging towards the top. We went what I would consider to be toe-to-toe with them, and we narrowly lost. And we were unfortunate to do that in the end. They had chances to to score that maybe on another day they would. Um, but so did we. You know, not not quite as many. And unfortunately for us, uh, zero shots on target, which will be one of the focuses. But, you know, we we put we gave a really good account of ourselves and we lost. And it's not losing to Chelsea with a late goal that's um that's necessarily a problem, but it's it's the pattern that that forms part of where people are probably getting their concerns from. And of course, uh, having a different formation, ask questions for managers of future teams that we play because yeah. they're not going to expect it. So it, it's you know a conundrum for Roy now on Wednesday. Well, I was just about to bring that up. I don't think that um, Patrick Vieira's got any more time to be playing with these formations because we've got two huge games. If we get four points, say, out of them, two two sides in the bottom three, we're pretty much, I'd say, we're probably no longer going to be stressing about relegation scraps at all. Uh, and that'll put them right back in, in there. Um, but the, the I think the issue is the same one we talked about plenty recently it's that it was almost there but it wasn't quite and I think it comes down to the fact that as you say there wasn't many shots but there wasn't there wasn't many balls in either um whether that was because of the way he was playing Elise and um Zahar you mentioned just didn't seem to run with the ball too much no. he, he had to pass it sideways um, and it just it just led to an uncharacteristically small amount of balls into the box which you know, you've got to guess was the game plan because of the fact that he didn't choose any of our number nines. Well, that's um, yeah, that's but, that's exactly it. I mean, it, that's the trade-off to some degree to give yourself that, you know, that those extra bodies in midfield to give yourself the ability for those in midfield to drift wide and, and stop the fullbacks overlapping quite as much. If you go back to the first game of the season, we were absolutely killed out wide. Um, you know, the the both fullbacks were put under so much pressure and beaten so regularly that. You know, it could have been more than three. And this time round, we, we shut off those avenues and really worked Chelsea hard. So, But you're right, the, tr- the trade-off from that. And look, we did put some crosses in, but even when we put, you know, the, the handful of crosses in that we did put in, and there was a couple of really decent ones. We're crossing to, to nobody, really. We're hoping the ball goes through and drops to a, to, to maybe a, you know, a Zaha coming in down the left-hand side or, you know, at least, say, popping up in the box somewhere or something like that. There was there was nothing else really going on there. And, you know, I go back to, to and I don't want to pick on him too much, Jeffrey Schlupp, but, you know, that's a player there where if we, would, if we wanted to really do something, you know, a player like him who's capable, he has got very good instincts as a forward, um, got a fantastic shot in him, great finisher, he just didn't get in the box anywhere near near enough. And you wonder about the system that we put out there that actually probably that 4-2-3-1 with Gallagher uh, or Gallagher, Nick, um, would uh, would probably have been a bit better. Uh, but obviously he didn't have that option. It's, uh, it's quite strange. I was standing next to a guy yesterday, inexplicably appeared next to us, that was probably the biggest uh, Jeffrey Schlupp fan I've ever seen ever. Um, I think he, he basically would have... Happily asked Jeffrey Schlupp's other half if um, he could take a punt at Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so um, I kind of saw Jeff from uh, behind rose tinted glasses just, just, during the game. Just checking, it wasn't Chris Clark, was it? It was no, even more than Chris even Clark. more than Chris um, Clark. Okay. Yeah, but I, I want to um, I want to use a springboarding comment from uh, the, the the often used Andy the Twat, nineteen ninety two. 
Um, his comment on Twitter, I think, sums up a lot of our thoughts. Maybe not everyone's thoughts. I definitely not DR's, but a lot of the, a lot of the back of the nest peeps. Um, he said too many negative comments lately. Obviously referring to Twitter. We're playing good football, attractive football. Luck is a massive part of the game, and at the moment we don't have it. And don't that's the bit I probably take issue with. Otherwise, spot on comment. Look at Brighton last season to now. Very similar, isn't it? Just calm down is all I'm saying. Um, I did. I don't like to think of us in terms of Brighton, but earlier before the game was thinking precisely that. I feel like we're in that transition period um, and we're a little bit back from them, which is a soul-destroying thing to say. But um, thoughts on, on Andy the Twat? Uh, I mean, he seems like a lovely guy. Oh, sorry. Um, Go on, Nick. Did Andy the Twat in 1992, does it mean he won that award in that year and hasn't won it subsequently and there have been different twats ever since? No, it means... Was that when he was bald? No, it means that previously 1,991 twat, Andy the Twats have registered on Twitter, I think. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, No, the the Brighton comment, I think... uh, Mike's right there, and uh, DR came up with a brilliant cooking a chicken in the oven analogy, and um, we're a work in progress, and you don't take the chicken out of the oven too early because you'll get salmonella. Yeah, it's always chicken with that guy, yeah, isn't and it? Also, it's always chicken. Also, he's someone who, during the course of a recording, was cooking himself chicken, and the recording was about an hour and 15 minutes, and he was cooking one chicken breast. So he doesn't know anything about how long <laughs> you keep chicken in the oven. However, <laughs> I, am, I do actually agree with him. Um, uh, you know, it is, it's to me, it's what, what Andy's saying is right. There are the negativity is way too much for where we are. You know, I, I honestly expected a very, very, very tough season this year, and I still would have stuck with the changes that we made and given Vieira time, but it's so much better than, than I thought it would be. And yes, absolutely. I, I mean, I was on, a, I was on a, 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 the Chelsea fan cast this week. Um, previewing the game and I said the same thing to them which was that it doesn't really matter to me that we don't we're not in terms of points in terms of results we're not really any further along than we were for the last few years you know Um, because what I'm watching makes it so much easier to handle it I don't know who we're going to pick you know in terms of the team and the lineup without even needing to think like we did last year you know I don't dread the day the game comes around like I did by the end last year it was very 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 tough to watch it was it was attrition football it got results and it kept us in the Premier League and it was fantastic that it did but this is a transition that is way ahead of schedule for me so yes absolutely we got within our rights to say we're conceding too many goals at the same times particularly late on in games or late on in halves that is a real problem um, and we're we're making some silly mistakes, and I have some gripes over some of the selection here and there. But other than that, you know, it's a different palace. And I t- I spend most of my time thinking about how we're two or three players from being a very 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 good team. Yeah, you t- you say that when you look at our team, and this isn't the point I was going to make. Maybe think of another one: is how many potential England players have we did we have on the pitch yesterday playing for us? Uh, I think there's, there's at least three that could be playing for England, but that was my point. The negative comments. Before yesterday's game, I was expecting us to get tonked 3 or 4-0 against the world club champions, the European champions, the, the you know, 
a really darn good team. And if you compare it with the first game of the season, that is a lot of progress. And the negative comments coming after playing Chelsea, yes, if it was against Brentford, there's some justification there. Against Norwich, there's just some justification there because they aren't very good teams. They obviously are because they're in the Premier League. But to be moaning after getting beaten narrowly by Chelsea, come on, you lot, sort it out. And yeah. as for the last-minute goals, uh, I saw a graphic mm. on Twitter. Um, yeah. Southampton, very cleverly, always have a player go down injured around 75, 80 minutes, and everybody else goes and fills up with energy gels, just so they're there for the rest of the game. Perhaps, Patrick, if you're listening, you should be doing something like that, just so they're switched on for those last few minutes. Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting point, isn't it? I mean, that's a really good observation, Nick, and not one I'd picked up on until you said it. But there's all sorts of little ways of getting your, your boosts in when when you can. But, you know, that it does tell a, a story. If you concede goals late in the first half and, well, concede most of your goals late in the first half and late in the second half, there's certainly a... Uh, you know, you could argue there's a, there's a tiredness issue, there's a fitness issue somewhere. But... Ultimately, it's um, it's more than that. It's it, there's a mentality thing that that creeps in, and when something, even if it's you know, it can start off as bad luck, can't it? You can start off as being very unlucky, you know, three four games on the trot to be caught out by a, you know an unfair bounce or something like that, and it becomes a habit because it becomes something people are aware of. Then all of a sudden, once you're aware of something happening at the same time, you kind of anticipate it and your behavior changes. So you can only get out of that through through focus and work on the training ground and all those kinds of cliches that we, we hear sort of week in, week out. Um, and we have been unlucky. I would agree with that part to some degree. But we've also been the architects of our own bad luck many, many occasions with not clearing the ball, with uh, not stopping crosses, with not... You know, with with potentially what some people have said we've overplayed, but I think sometimes just picking the wrong the wrong moment to play um, rather than necessarily overplaying because you know you've got to, you've got to back yourselves and back your ability. But you know it's been it's been hard at times, but it's so much better to watch. I think the other thing that's been the architect of many a downfall this season is set pieces, Eva. Us conceding them, which I definitely think we've been better on. And I have to shout out to Anderson because I thought he was absolutely Rolls-Royce of a defender mm-hmm. um, against Chelsea and definitely my man of the match. But yeah, I wanted a, com- a comment from Ebo. Um, I'll go through his whole comment. I thought the formation seemed to suit us, just need an actual striker as the spearhead. Uh, one concern is the very poor set-piece deliveries. Even Elise own corners was quite poor and the free kicks were shocking. Was it just windy conditions or is it time for Banksy? Well, um, yeah. Um, it's um, uh, So there was a point when we had, I think, three corners in a row and it definitely, no point was the Homesdale up going, well, you know, they were getting behind the team, but I don't think anyone expected them to actually end up getting as much of an advantage or a shot or anything. And that's that's worrying. That first free kick uh, was very, very similar to the one against Hartlepool, wasn't it? And I think we were expecting a bit more from that one. Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, to answer the question, that obviously the weather was a factor, but you know, you're you're not going to be able to explain that 
away. Like you're not going to be able to explain the fact that I think we're on to after that game, it's 117 corners and two goals. Um, so we, you know, I don't, I, I mean, arguably I now need to have to go and compare that against every other team to see just how bad it is, but it doesn't sound good. Um, and it's just something I picked up from yesterday without, without checking everybody else's stats, but that didn't feel good to me when you consider the quality of dead ball that we've got and some of the players that we have available to us, but it, it does kind of, you know, we've, we've been bad at conceding from set piece, set pieces and bad at, scoring for from them in general um and we have some really talented players in terms of the, who's there to take them and so yesterday you can forgive but in general it's a it's a wider question to ask yeah and you mentioned Southampton I mean imagine if we'd have had the goals that they've had from set pieces mm. where we'd be in the league um you mentioned stats and I um came across a stat today whilst in the car um from Perry Groves no less uh, that Zahar sneaked into being the second most prolific uh, Premier League appearance player from uh, from an African nation in in the Premier League's history. He's got 250 Premier League uh, appearances now, mm. and he's second behind a guy from Newcastle that I've totally forgotten. Um, he was around from about 2000 until 2015. I can't think of it is. Anyway, he, he I believe Zahar needs 44 more appearances to be uh, the most prolific Premier League appearance African player in history. So there you go. Sorry, I got distracted. Definitely not Googling it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard one to Google though, because you've... you've um, um, it, is it not Emmanuel Adebayor? <laughs> Uh, it's not antiviral, no. Whilst, whilst uh, Chris is looking that up, um, just talking about the weather, the old face bank fascia had come off of the main stand and you had a lovely plethora of colours there, including the old Nutella green. Um, Mike, do you think the face bank should go and we should just put the red and blue stripes back up and put the clock back in the middle? I'd love that. I hadn't had any strong feelings either way until this point, but yes, I, I, I quite like the clock back. Um, I, it's a bit of a sore point talking about stuff that's blown down, to be honest, because I'm missing about half of my roof tiles right now. Um, and I'm surprised that there isn't a whirling noise at the moment that's making this recording totally unlistenable. Um, um, I, yeah, Eunice has, Eunice has hurt me. I won't lie to you. I'm, um, I'm a little bit concerned about your, the fact-checking. Um, because, you know, um, not wanting to, to drag it all the way back to um, the African players question. But, sort of like, Kolo... Kobe Groves has deceived me, isn't yeah, it? Is yeah, this... yeah, basically, because you're, you're thinking of Shola Amiobi, right? Yes, yes. But, Kolo Torre uh, has about 100 more appearances than he has. So, seems odd, doesn't it? Was Was he... Or what, or for one club? Oh, is it one club? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That might maybe, be it. Maybe. Anyway, let's. But if it's one club, then it's definitely Amiobi, then Zaha. That that will be what it is. Because maybe I think it's it was... clubs that played in stripes. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Because you got Kanu in there as well. You got Drogba. You got 
Yakubu. Anyway, uh, who've all got more appearances in the Premier League than in Wilfred Zaha. Oh, but okay. Yeah, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's for one club mm. then, yeah. That's going to be yeah, your uh, mastermind specialist subject there, isn't it, Chris? <laughs> uh, it, it is, yeah. I've got so much information on that, haven't I? Just, just right there, right in my brain. I don't know where I get these things from. Oh, I'm, do, I'm doing Perry Groves a disservice. But anyway, right, so let's get back, let's get back to it. Uh, you talked about Anderson. I just really want to jump in and talk about what, you know, he did have a, a superb game. He called him a Rolls Royce. But what I really liked is that I think he's taken to heart the, you know, the mistakes that he had made. Uh, because where he was looking weak was when he was being turned around uh, and he'd missed you know, a, a few headers he should have made. Um, but the commitment to to winning the ball in the air against Chelsea in particular really stood out for me as well as his, his usual all-round play. So I was very encouraged by that. But um, I want to talk a little bit about Wilf. We mentioned him a few times. Um, and he was taking an awful lot of stick on, on social media, uh, message boards alike for his performance in the first half, which... You know, Mike, you said yourself, you know, a couple of touches, some let him down a little bit. But overall, you know, the guy was playing up top, you know, and that wasn't you know, necessarily well, it wasn't his decision to play as a play as a striker. He was played there, he was running the channels. We were looking for a very specific pass to him. Um, he took a couple of bad challenges that went unpunished, um, which was frustrating to see. Um, uh, but we're seeing that pretty much every week with the referee in right now. Um, but he also, I think there's a, you know, there's a, there was a moment in the game where I think the game was ours and it did fall to Wilfred Zaha. It was the chance where he got through on the left-hand side of the box, cut back in on his right foot. And Mendy had just shown him way too much of the goal to, to his right side, to, to Wilf's right, to, to Mendy's left. And all he had to do was, was sort of put it in that corner. Um, and he just did that, you know, did that, a fairly common thing if you're if you're not a world class footballer, which is try and set the ball that little bit too far wide and bend it in. But you know you'd expect a player with his ability to to have finished that, and he didn't. And um, that was it. I think that was our moment. Um, and not to say that we didn't play well in the second half and we didn't put pressure on, but you know we had a lot of shots drilled just wide. Zaha again had drilled one. I think at least say a couple that were dragged just wide and. Um, you know, but it was it was seven shots in the game and none on target. Chelsea hit the target three times and scored one of them, and that probably sums up um, why we why we didn't go through and win the game. Um, Chris, but, go on. Go, just go back to Anderson. How much of a part did he play in Lukaku only getting seven touches in the whole game? Do you think? Oh, massive, isn't it? You know, because um, oh, I sound like Ron manager there. Can we? Um, can we? Yeah, not focus too much on that. Massive, isn't it? Aren't they? Aren't they? Jumpers for goalposts. Uh, but anyway, um, oh, yeah, yeah, him, but him and Mark Gay as well, who, who was similarly decent, you know. Um, but yeah, he he just Lukaku is is low on confidence. Okay, Let, let's be honest. He, he's a player who hasn't scored in a while. Um, you know, the one opportunity he got, he hit the target from, um, he was offside, but he hit the target from from a really tight angle. So quality player, but seven touches in a game for a player of that caliber. That show, there's a lot says about him and his work rate and how low in confidence he is. But it also says a tremendous amount about the system we played, 
about shutting off the um, the opportunities that Chelsea would normally create. And let's not ignore it. You know, Jorginho has run the game every time we've played against Chelsea for probably the last three or four at least, I'd say. And he didn't this time out. He didn't get the time on the ball and he was reduced to a player who was, you know, constantly getting away with niggly fouls. So I think you can focus on Anderson and Lukaku and, and give praise there. But I think the system and the overall team performance was also responsible for that. Um, so, look, I think we should probably talk about Guaita, who had a, a fantastic first half with the saves that he made. And um, but unfortunately went off injured. Um, Vieira confirmed it was a, a problem with his knee. Um, and I've got, I'm going to ask you, Mike, how concerned are you? Um, you know, Butland's had a few opportunities this year. Um, you know, I know not everybody's convinced he made the mistake against Millwall, but, you know, if that if that injury for Guaita, who couldn't physically play on in the second half, uh, is a bad one, where do you think that, that leaves us? It's worrying. I don't remember a Palace goalkeeper with the skill... And the ability of Greiter. But more than that, we've got such a nuanced way of moving the ball out from the back that really involves Greiter and Anderson. It might be quite difficult to start that with someone else. Um, you know, I was standing behind the goal at Millwall and the fact we won, I think it was all forgiven. Um, and Butland's a decent keeper, but Greiter is such a integral part of the way that we move the ball forwards it's a massive worry hopefully it's not as bad as it sounded at half time we'll see I was impressed by the amount of people that were still having a beer and didn't notice that the keeper had changed until about the 70th minute (laughs) 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 yeah I'm happy it's precautionary Um, and he felt illegal and the fact that we, you know, we've got Jack Butland who can come on and is a half decent keeper now. I mean, he always yeah. has been, but he's, he's got the confidence back. You could say, oh, he let the the, the volley at the end go through his legs. Uh, perhaps he could have done a little bit better there. But I wasn't too concerned about Gray. I was concerned about Gray to being injured, but I wasn't concerned by his replacement. If that makes sense, as much as by his. Well, let, let me ask you this, Nick. Um, for those of you that were there when we lost 3-0 in the EFL trophy to Sutton United at Gander Green Lane. Those of you that have seen Remy Matthews, are you not then worried about who would be our number three if Butland's on the pitch? Because Remy Matthews is dog shit. (laughs) What are the chances, though, of that happening, needing a sub-goalkeeper twice in one season when it's barely happened in the last 10? Hmm. It's a good point, but we've you're attempting to jinx it now. So uh, I'm going to have no part in that. And I'm also going to mention we've got two very, very good young keepers coming up through the And that's why I feel really bad for just using the word dog shit. He's a professional goalkeeper. Yeah. He just, he had a bad game. Uh, him and Yaroslav Yak let three in. Um, you know, you, I, you know how you know how you feel about Yak as well, and you're still. I know you're still pining for him. I know you're still convinced that somehow, somewhere. He's going to turn it on, but I, I, I think that's. Um, I think you just got to accept that that's over now. Um, we talked a little bit about Klein. Um, do, do, I suppose Nick, I'll ask you. Oh, I don't know if I can ask you because you've gone grey on my screen. Hmm. 
yes, let me make a note of this. He's gone grey for me as well. Um... Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, Mike, <laughs> as an edit point. Yeah. Uh... Okay, go go for it again then. So, Mike, I know you're you're a big fan of Klein. Um, so, how do you feel about him playing there more often? Are you are you someone who thinks you know Ward doesn't deserve to be dropped, and as soon as he's back fit, we'll just um, we'll just slot him back in there? Uh, you know, obviously Ferguson's had that setback, so we're not going to obviously do any more business. We didn't get a right back in. Uh, in the transfer window, um, even though it was possibly an area you might want to look at, but you know, are you, would you would you happily see Klein stay there? Well, first of all, Vieira is not afraid to make changes based on form, and I absolutely love that about him. It's, it's one of the big plus points for me. And Wald has had a few poor games. Um, I don't think there's probably a great deal between the standard of Klein and the standard of Ward. But for me, Klein just offers a little bit more. He's, he's more of a footballing right back and he is a classy player that deserves more than to sit on the bench. So for me, the ideal throughout the season would be using them both. Uh, but I think he deserves a run now because Ward's had a run and he, he did more than enough in that 90 minutes to show that he should be starting again, whether Ward's fit or not. Give him half a dozen games and, and see what happens. Compare it then. That's what I'd do anyway. Uh, so finally, Nick, just so we can kind of round off this review um, without having to go over the goal we conceded. It's just one of those goals that happens when you're under pressure and you lose a bit of concentration, as as Patrick Vieira said himself. But um, we did see some changes in the midfield. You talked already about Jimmy Mack coming back. Um, so to speak. But Jake Kiyote, obviously back from AFCON duty, uh, a, a winner with Senegal. Um, how much did we miss him? A lot. One of those players you don't realise how much he does until he's not there. A little bit like Kabai was. Um, he harried um, lots of chat. You can see him communicating with all the players around him. Um, I, I almost wish we could have had 12 players so we could have had him and Hughes in there harrying. Um, but yeah, it meant I just hope that what he said last week about being uh, league winners um, means he's actually going to stay with us for a while. I know there's some uh, stuff about his contract, which um, Carl talked about on the preview pod last week, which is very interesting uh, about his contract. So, yeah, that's well worth listening to if you haven't already. Yeah, so, yeah, fingers crossed on on that. But, um, yeah, but uh, but, you know, having said that, we, we've shown this year if you um, if you do need to move on from from some players, uh, if you're sensible enough in the transfer market, make the right decisions. Um, you you can cope and you can thrive, and we've we've certainly done that. I would be very sad to see him go, but I think fantastic to see him back in a Palace shirt and um, and and giving his all. He looked pretty tired by the end of it, and I I did think he might get subbed, um, you know, quite early on, but he, but he, you know he pushed on us. As long as he could, which was great to see. Um, so look, we'll uh, we'll leave the the match review there, and we'll be back fairly shortly with some of your uh, some more of your comments before we end the show. But uh, now a word from our sponsors. 
Exciting news from our friends at Manscaped. They've just launched their fourth generation performance package. This ultimate package includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. 4.0. Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming, have done it again to make your grooming game next level. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the new performance package 4.0 by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code BOTN. Now we're going to talk more about the performance package, gents. And I know, Nick, you have been blessed by some Manscaped product, pro- products even recently uh, and yourself, Mike, as well. But uh, I recently got the shears. You know about the shears? No, tell us. The shears. Do, do, do tell us. The do shears two point zero. I got, which is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools within a compact case, made of premium PU leather. It has a magnetic closure and it displays a laser-engraved logo. So you got some tweezers in there, some scissors, fingernail clippers, uh, and a nail file, all in that wonderful case. And I have to say. It has come in really handy. You know, it's nice when you get something that genuinely you need. Um, my my partner, she's always talking about my nails and complaining when, you know, a, a toenail maybe scratches her. Maybe, sometimes, maybe. Or uh, Oh, have you got a girlfriend, Chris? I, might, I do. I do have that. Yeah, I, I do have one of those. Yeah. Um, do you? Yes, love tab. Love tab. Yeah, long term. It's nice. It's nice, isn't it? It's nice, uh, not, nice not to feel feel lonely, isn't it? It's nice to have someone. Uh, but anyway, it's not about that. It's it's about a wonderful, wonderful piece of kit. And uh, like I said, genuinely, it's um, it's something I needed. And I have to say, it, it was a, a breeze to use. My toenails look perfect. My fingernails are glorious. And I feel fantastic. So there you go. Nick, you got something else, didn't you? What did you get? But just before you say that, I was a bit... bit of bit upset that when you said laser, I was hoping you'd stop there, but you said laser engraved. I was hoping they would have a laser yeah. on them because then I definitely want some. But, um, no lasers I've, yet, no. I've got the um, aftershave, which is lush. It's really, really nice. Uh, a really good scent. And um, mm. yes, my, my other half loves that. And I've also got the lawnmower 3.0. What I'm really harking after is the nose trimmer. The weed, the whacker. weed whacker. Yeah, Terence um, got that, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's mm. not old like me. See, I've really, I've got hairy ears and nostrils. Mm, it's and, just uh, what happens, isn't it? When you yeah. Go. So I might actually use the BOTN code and get twenty percent off myself. I did suggest it. If you, I did suggest it in the week, didn't I? And I, I, I could see you were amused at my suggestion. But uh, but you can use BOTN at checkout to get twenty percent off and free shipping. Uh, Mike, anything from you before I give them some more of the rundown on the performance package? Well, I've got a couple of things to say on that. Um, I have all three of the items you discussed, um, and definitely the the little clippers. They're they're really classy. I'm used to like getting the ones from Poundland for the kids, <laughs> and they break in half after about three uses. And magnetic thing that um, you put them in and they're just, they're rock solid. I can't see them breaking ever. It just, yeah, just means you can buy one thing and then not have to worry about it for ages. Um, but more than that, I, I on this theme, I wanted to talk about a, a poor guy uh, from the Beijing Olympics this week. Uh, Remy Lindholm, who was part of the 50 kilometer mass skiing race. Uh, unfortunately, due to the temperature being lower than expected 
um, he suffered from a frozen penis. Um, so his his comment was, you can guess which body part was a little bit frozen when I finished. It was one of the worst competitions I've been in. It was just about battling through. When the body part started to warm up after the race, the pain was unbearable. Now, you'd mm. think... You'd think, you know, if you've got a frozen penis, at least you're going to end up sort of in a medal position. <laughs> this poor this poor guy finished 28th. So, um, yeah, I mean... I, I've got to say, probably... I've got to say, Mike, it wasn't worth it. But do you know what is worth it? The performance package yeah. 4.0. Yeah, right. Well, you're right. Ex- exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. What, a, what a segue that is. Yeah, shut up, Nick. I'm, I'm, about, I'm doing more, Nick. Quiet. So, and do you know why it's worth it? Because inside that package, you'll find the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker that Nick is coveting. It's an ear, ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, which are fantastic, and a travel bag to hold your goodies, literally. Um, that that lawnmower 4.0, it's the greatest ball trimmer they've ever produced. It features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. It has a 7,000 RPM motor, Nick. Uh, it has a new multifunction on-off switch. It can gauge travel lock, and it gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. It's waterproof as well. It's just, it keeps coming, all the good news. But anyway, it's time for you to get involved as well. We're all benefiting from the wonderful products on offer at Manscaped. So head to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code B-O-T-N. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. On the uh, subject of frozen penis, is that what they called you after you sang Let It Go on karaoke? I mean, how long had you been waiting to say that? Just... Shall we? Um, shall we get on to this, some listener feedback? Yeah. Um, can Can I start with one that's probably it's the absolute crux of the issue? Um, this is from Elite Palace on Twitter. Mm. Wanted to discuss the hot dogs. Would it be nice if they were a bit bigger, and the option of some chili on them would be nice? Now, I I hadn't noticed that we were doing hot dogs. I've had I've had the vegan pie, um, but I didn't realise we were doing hot dogs. So. Um, are, are the hot dogs too short? Is this is this is this the issue here? Is this? Well, Nick, I'm going to have to def- default to you because um, I haven't. Well, I haven't look, partaken. up Stamford Bridge, the hot dog sausage is three times longer than the bun, so they obviously haven't got it right there. No chili at Stamford Bridge. Um, the Tottenham hot dog is rubbish. Um, 
Crystal Palace. Now I've generally got the pies, so I've never never done the hot dog at cellar. So I'm, mm. I'm I'm not really the person to ask. Sorry. So if this if they're still doing the the same hot dog they were uh, last season, which you know I've got no reason to believe that's any different. Um, yeah, I I I I can I can see where you're coming from. Um, but I don't believe that they're there really to uh to provide much in the way of extreme quality. Um, I think part of the magic of going to football and eating food at a football ground is really that that food should smell as much like urine as possible um, and should effectively just be boiled, whether it's a, a bun, a burger, a hot dog, a pie. Just boil everything. That's generally what my experience of football food is. So I'm not really on board of all this gourmet stuff where, you know, you get, in your, you get an Aberdeen Angus burger. Bring back Wimpy, Nick. That's what I say. What's wrong with Wimpy? It's, yeah, sure. It's gone away if you know where to go. No, I, no, I know. I just mean at the ground because it used to be in the ground, didn't it? And sure, you take a bite of a bun from Wimpy and all the moisture in your face immediately evap- evaporates. But, you know, it was just, it was, it's what, you know, it's nostalgia, isn't it? You know. I think let's probably not prolong this conversation anymore. Right. Other than to say it's it's half price at the end of the game. So if it's a bit small, then just mm. pay half price at the end. Um, how about this comment from William Pickering? Then have some possibly recent stroke younger fans got very short memories to be moaning that our current newly built team, managed by PV, full of young talent and internationals, isn't tearing the league apart this first season. Make our centenary DVD compulsory for every new season <laughs> ticket holder. I love it. I mean, that's it's pretty much what what the, the, a similar sentiment to what you've yeah. already said, well, isn't it? It is, but I do want to say, like, it, you know, even us, us three, and some of us are more seasoned than others, uh, aren't we, Nick? But you know, we we have moments where just you, you, your your brain just or your mouth runs away from your brain and just starts getting you know you get frustrated with what you're seeing and you think you know some especially when you're so close to being better than your than your league position and your points total shows you know that's where I get really frustrated and I have to bite my tongue a little bit and, and try and rationalize so I, I do get what's being said there but I think we're all capable of of losing it I think what gets frustrating is when people have no grounding and I think that's what where we're coming from here looking at the like at the centenary dvd and having the full context of what your football club is is actually a really valuable and rewarding experience because knowing where you came from um it you know it does give you a, a much better chance of being rational and um and having some perspective hey nick yeah there's two things uh with that a lot of the younger fans coming through have only known life in the premier league so it's scary, isn't it? There is that. That that does make us feel old. And secondly, yeah. I would recommend if people think that we're uh, not good enough, just sing we've got super Trevor Francis. He knows exactly what to do <laughs> and then it'll all work out for you. Yeah, exactly. It just made me think actually, my nephew now goes with my, my brother in law to every game. They got half season tickets, you know, obviously halfway through the season. And uh, yeah, he he is is just turned eight years old, so he's never known Palace outside the Premier League. I Did really need to educate him. Season tickets? Does that mean they're only allowed in for the second half of every game? Yes, Nick. <laughs> obviously, obviously, that's what it is. <laughs> you, you know, and someone else has got the first half. Well, you wouldn't want to be that person. No. Anyway, um, 
So let's crack on with some more comments. There's quite a few around league position and and um, Vieira. So I'm just going to read a few out and then just get your general thoughts. Phil English, and I don't know if this is the same Phil that I randomly met in Tenerife. Um, if it is, hello to you. If not, hello to you anyway, Phil English. Five wins from 25 games is good enough. We need to find three or four more out of the remaining 13. The manager can't keep making the same mistakes and saying the same thing every week. We are clearly not learning. Um, that seems to be sort of two different points there, but um, fair enough. He missed, uh, London the word, Eagles. he missed the word not out in terms of it's, it's not good enough, I think he meant. Oh, okay. Uh, London Eagle just wants to know, survive or thrive? Um, TJ Rado, what points target in final league position should be considered a success? Um, and then we'll just end this particular selection of questions with Leif Anderson's forehead. How big is this game on Wednesday night? And how many points do you think I'll drink? I'm going eight. Fair enough. <laughs> um, there's a lot in there, isn't there? And I saw there was one from Jerry who was talking about Patrick Vieira not knowing his best side. And these things are all kind of connected, aren't they, about the, the, the number of wins. Um, I think, first of all, I'll actually, can I address the best side thing? I just think we'd, we've got to get used to the idea that there isn't, really such thing as a best side there's the best team for the game that you're playing now um you know it's something i struggled with 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 roy which i won't focus on too much because i know it annoys people but you know i don't necessarily like to see the same 11 picks every week because there are in inverted commas best team i think you have to look at the the team you're playing look at the system you want to pick and the best players you have available to play that system but also it's tough to keep everybody fit. Sometimes the games come thick and fast. Sometimes there's too many gaps between them. People pick up injuries. People pick up suspensions. It's just such a hard thing to to kind of to get your uh, your, your sort of your, your brain around sometimes. But you know, I think all of us know we need to win more games. Um, we will we will survive at the current rate of points. There's no day, way way we're going anywhere in terms of going down. Um, but you know, if we if we miss out on, you know, two or three more victories that we should have had in the next five games or so, in terms of you know the teams that we are playing around us, then you might I might be saying something very different. Um, you know, we've we've won some games we probably shouldn't. You know, you think back, it's not that long ago we beat City, is it? You know, we're we're a good team on our day. We seem to play better when we play better opposition more often than not. Um, but, you know, three or four games out of the remaining 13 games, as, as Phil talked about there, we, we've got to say, yeah, that absolutely has to happen. Um, and, and I have every confidence it will. And I think it's harsh to say that we're not learning. I think, as I mentioned earlier, it's different. there's a difference between knowing you're doing something and, and being able to do something about it. And those things can take time. Um, nobody's going out and, say, and, and lo- deliberately losing concentration. Uh, at 90, 93 minutes on the clock, those things happen for, you know, when you play good teams, uh, when you invite pressure, um, and those that can happen for a number of reasons. It's it's not quite as simple as we sometimes like to make out. Um, but anyway, those are those are my thoughts on it. I think you know we will win again, and I'm going to stick my neck out. And I know one more point. Um, fantastic fanzine, by the way. I know he's just released his, his second um, new fanzine, so to get on that at one more point on Twitter, check it out. Um, but he said he'd like me to provide exact details and written guarantees confirming where and when our next win is coming from. 
Um, and I'm going to say yeah, it. And Luce would like to know that as well. Luce, yeah, she, yeah. yeah, she said, uh, will we ever win again? So. Yeah, so we will, and we will beat Watford um, on Wednesday. There you go. Well, I, I mean, let's. I mean, I really hope that's the case too. Albeit they um, they just destroyed Brighton, so um, that was Burnley, wasn't it? Worst. Um, oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, that's all right then. I was going to. They did win. They beat uh, someone because um, Hodgson is back, and the last thing I want to see is us lose to a Hodgson team. Mm. Um, so can we finish off with a couple of forward reviews? Oh, why the hell not? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kick one off, then then yourself, and then Nick. Uh, from Lynn, three strikers on the bench. Thanks, Lynn. Um, Neil Ogilvie has gone for the cheery in-relegation dogfight now. At the Eagle DC, play a centre-forward. Michael Dunn, need more than four. Although, I would say... Michael, you've only used four there, so um, yeah, it's been it was okay. <laughs> no, he did. It's just confusing, isn't it? Because he, he needs more than four, but he, it, that's one of them paradoxes, isn't uh, but, it? But, but, but I assume he was angry. Um, in which case, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Plenty of people um, were. Kevin Zahar Alisa as a triangles. That's the dream, Kevin. Howard Jenkins uh, at Keep Safe Pat. No strikers, no goals. At Will Pickering, tough one to take. Yes, I know. I walked away as soon as the goal went in, went down and got one of those half-price pies, Will. (laughs) Richard Tate went with Watford and Burnley. Massive, I assume he means the games and not their support. Um, And Detron 90, I'm not going to read out his Twitter name. Um, They are world champs. Yeah, I, I mean, that's a good point. And also, if you look at the improvement between... The first game of the season when they absolutely trounced us, and I was convinced that they really were proper, properly in the in the in the fight for winning the, the league. Um, we've improved. They may have got slightly less good, but we've improved. Okay, look, I think we better do uh, a cursory um, opinion about Watford. It's not going to be a full preview because we've got around forty seconds before I want to end this. Um, but you know. Playing Watford, managed by Roy, in the relegation zone. We want to beat them. Will we beat them? Nick, will we beat them? I want to see Mateta do to Roy what Zaha did with Patrick Vieira when he scored against Norwich. I just love him to mm. run up to Roy and put his arms around him. That would be so good, wouldn't it? Just for not mm. playing him for all that time. Yeah, I think we can beat them with their defensive midfield wingers. Uh, but as long as we can keep Dennis and Sari check, I think we should be all right. Mike, thoughts? They really don't score many goals. So I can't imagine Hodgson having changed that. Um, so we, we just need to score. Um, I, I, I think we need four points this week. Well, I think we'll beat them. I think, um, you know, there, there'll be players there wanting to prove a point. Um, but also I think we're a very, very different side. And I think we do things that, you know, that Hodgson team struggles with, and that's press high, uh, work hard, and 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 keep the ball. So I think we should uh, we should go and, and beat Watford, but I don't think it'll be too easy. So there you go. That's my my preview. I would like like to see us start a striker, uh, and I wouldn't want to see us make too many changes though. 
So that is your lot for the week. Thank you very much for listening to the show. And thanks in particular to all of you who got in touch today. Of course, we read everything that you send in, but we can't use it all. But it does help us to create the show. So it is appreciated. The preview team will be with you in the week, looking back at our victory against Watford and also forward to our victory against Burnley as well. So as ever, there's plenty more for you across all of our social accounts and plenty of stuff on YouTube as well, including instant match reaction, a chance to get involved yourselves. So find us on anything by searching Back of the Nest, like, subscribe, be merry, leave us positive reviews in all the right places as it helps with the algorithms and allows more people to find out about us. So until next time, come on you palace. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.